Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Unbashful. If it's your first time here, I want to thank you for stopping by. My name is Nicholas Doucette. I'm an aspiring actor, screenwriter, and, of course, podcaster. And uh, I am uh, a cinephile, so to speak. I've loved cinema all my life. I'm very passionate about it, and I hope to make a career in this industry And I started this podcast and I started this platform as a way to just get involved and just share my passion um, in regards to this this beautiful art form. And uh, that's what we talk about here. Normally, every week I do a podcast that is both uh, visual, so YouTube, and then audio, which is, if you're listening, this is what, this is is audio. (laughs) Um, But this week, unfortunately, I'm not able to do the visual, the on-camera podcast, so this will just be an audio-only episode. But I still wanted to come on here and talk because there is a lot that went down Uh, in this episode, as the title suggests, is going to be covering the Super Bowl. We're going to be going over the different trailers, not all of them, but the ones that I personally uh, was interested in. And we'll talk about some other things like The Last of Us. Um, there's some there's some Batman rumors going on, so we'll get into all of that. But let's uh, let's just start off with the Super Bowl. Um, so there was quite a lot. Just to provide context, uh, I didn't actually watch the Super Bowl. I'm not uh, a football fan, just me personally. Uh, my two sports that I the sport that I grew up playing was hockey, uh, but the sports that I primarily watch. Currently, to this day, is basketball. So, those are the two sports that I are that I'm mostly interested in. Football has never been one of them. But let's get into all the trailers that came out. So there was a Scream Six trailer, there was the Flash trailer, there was the Fast X trailer, sixty five, um, Air, Transformers, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Creed Three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, that appears to be it. So the ones we're going to talk about, what one should I talk about first? Should I just go right into the flash? Cause I think that's probably the one that most people want to talk about. You know, let's talk about air. So I'm a huge Ben Affleck fan uh, as an actor, but honestly more so as a director. Now he's directed fewer projects than he's performed in. Uh, which is, I mean, to be expected. He started off in this industry as an actor, but I am a huge fan of his work behind the camera. The Town uh, is one of my favorite films. I've studied that film. I think the screenplay is absolutely incredible. I'm currently writing a uh, a short film right now, and without giving any details, without giving any um, spoilers, I, I've I've drawn inspiration from a lot of different projects. Uh, but there, there, I've definitely drawn some inspiration from the town. So, uh, yeah, did completely different story than the town. It's not about the Commonwealth and in 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 uh, robbery and things of that nature. It's it's very very different. But in terms of the relationships and between certain characters, but I'll 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 talk about that another time when it's uh, in further development. But I love Ben Affleck. I'm a huge fan of him, and I heard for the first time about a couple of weeks ago that he has a new film coming out that he's not only directing, but he's starring in and it's called air. Uh, and I just talked about seconds ago, how I'm a basketball fan. I'm an, I'm a, I'm an NBA fan. And this to me is, was very, very intriguing. And a trailer dropped before the Super Bowl, but then another TV spot came out and it was pretty much just showing a lot of what we, what we've already seen with that first trailer. But to me, this this just sounds exciting. So to kind of give you the log line, uh, Ben Affleck's star vehicle and wait, am I reading this right there? Okay. Uh, so Ben Affleck's latest star vehicle and directing project tells the story of the Nike executive played by Matt Damon, who signed Michael Jordan to a shoe deal before he was one of the greatest players in NBA history. And I find this very, very exciting because for those of you who don't know, um, you look at Nike right now, they're obviously, you know, the, the name speaks for themselves. The brand speaks for itself. We all know who Nike is. They are, they are a pillar in, 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 you know, retail clothing to, you know, athletes and, and so on and so forth. But back in the time in 19, in the, in the early eighties, Nike wasn't dominating that space the same as it was for other companies at that time, like Converse, like um, even Reebok, uh, and, and and a couple of others. But it was mostly Converse at that time. Converse at that point in time was like, in terms of uh, market share and dominance, it, they were essentially how Nike is now. Um, 
and I would even argue Nike is more successful now. So at that time, Nike wasn't, you know, the heavy hitter um, in that pool of, you know, companies that were making shoes and, and making uh, athletic wear. Um, and when Michael Jordan was coming into the NBA, he was obviously a national sensation and and he was obviously going to be the number one. Well, he was projected to be a, a top five pick in the NBA draft. So a lot of companies wanted to sign him as their uh, as their, you know, um, endorsement athlete, uh, whatever, uh, so to speak. And a lot of companies, you know, tried to get meetings and, and spoke to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan himself has talked about this many times. But one of those companies was Nike. And as I mentioned, Nike at that time was not who they were today. Uh, and the story follows, basically, um, Ben Affleck is playing uh, Phil Knight, who at the time was the CEO of, of, uh, of Nike. And I think one of the lead executives under him, who is Matt Damon's character, uh, he is essentially the guy who's trying to pitch uh, the brand and what they stand for and everything to not only Michael Jordan, but also to Michael Jordan's family. Because Viola Davis is in this film, and she's playing Michael Jordan's uh, mother. And she seems like she's going to be... Um, given a lot of screen time, she's going to be one of the main supporting characters of this film. So it really seems like a lot of the convincing, whether that whether that this is actually the case or not in, in terms of real life, but it seems like most of the convincing in this film is going to be really between Michael Jordan's mother uh, and obviously uh, the folks at, at Nike. So that sounds awesome. I, I didn't even acknowledge the fact that it's Mike, it's uh, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck reteaming up. Um, the last duel was incredible. Uh, of course, Goodwill Hunting is one of my favorite films of all time. I'm a, I'm a sucker for coming of age films, but that one is definitely I'd say it's it, it's probably the best coming of age film I've ever seen, um, in my opinion. Um, but let me see if I can get to some more details in terms of. I feel like the way I explained it wasn't uh, could be done better. So let me see error error movie. Um, yeah, the cast looks off the wall. I mean, you have Jason Bateman, you have, uh, Viola Davis, Matt Damon, you have Chris Tucker, you have, uh, who else? Marlon Wayan. Yeah, th this, this, this is very exciting. And when I found out about this, I was like, okay, like th this sounds pretty cool. It's probably not going to be coming out for another year or so. And it's coming out in April, and it's going to be an Amazon-exclusive film, but apparently the studio is so confident in it that they're actually giving it a theatrical release. So that, um, that's very exciting. So let me see. Following the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in his pursuit of the greatest athlete in history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Okay, so it seems like Matt Damon's character is Sonny Vaccaro. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. And, uh, yeah, and then Ben Affleck is playing Phil Knight. Viola Davis is playing Delora Jordan. Jason Bateman is playing Ro Rob Strasser. Strasser. Hopefully I got that one correct. Yeah, it looks really exciting. It, it kind of gives me Moneyball vibes. If you've ever seen that film, that starred uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and the true story of uh, this sort of... Um, the story of the Oakland A's and how they tried to... How they how they basically reinvented the wheel and it was it was frowned upon at the time by everybody and while they didn't end up winning the the team didn't end up winning the championship they went on this crazy winning streak and they they did they they turned the franchise around from where from where it was previously as a as a, a team that was tanking and and well the sorry the film picks up they lose their three star athletes and everybody expects them to just kind of roll over on their backs and uh, give up everything and just tank and go for draft picks so it gives me a lot of the kind of impressions of that and um but like i said going back to the beginning the thing that excites me the most about this is ben affleck behind the camera um i believe ben affleck has only directed three other films he's directed uh gone baby gone which i loved and then he directed obviously the town which is my favorite of the three he's directed and then he directed argo and uh i really really like argo as well so yeah um air looks incredible i cannot wait it quickly if if i had a, if i had known that this film was coming out it would have been on my top 10 uh, most anticipated heading into this year okay so let's get into the flash now um 
what I find very frustrating about this film, uh, and and when I'm when I watch other content creators talk about it, and I'm not gonna you know give any specific names or anything like that, but I see whenever a content creator talks about this film, they they have to give their like half hour you know explanation on why they think you know what everything that Ezra Miller has done is terrible and why he should be recast and and I'm not going to do that okay the, you guys aren't stupid we're not we we all understand Ezra Miller should absolutely be recast from this character and he should never play the flash again so and and, and he's he, he's caused actual harm to other human beings so I'm not going to sit here and give you a 10, 25 minute dissertation on Ezra Miller and everything he's done. You guys get it. We don't need to get into it. Everybody else has talked about it ad nauseum, and I'm not going to do that. Let's just talk about the film itself. Because this is not Ezra Miller's film. This is Andy Muschietti's film. Andy Muschietti, by the way, is the director of the film. And I don't think that by you watching this film means that you support Ezra Miller's actions. Not at all. You're watching this film because you're supporting all the other people, all the hundreds of thousands of people that have put all their blood, sweat, and tears into this project. The director, obviously. You have all the other actors. You have all the other crew members. So this is not Ezra Miller's film. He's a part of the film. But you're not a terrible person for going to watch this film. You're going to watch this film because you're, you're obviously, you're most likely a fan of the Flash character. Right, this is a character. We're not we're not watching the uh, a docu series of Ezra Miller's life. We're going to watch the character named Barry Allen, and subsequently we're going to watch several different ben, or several different Batman characters. And to be honest, that's really the main draw for me here. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not really the biggest Flash fan. I never have been. I've never read a Flash comic. For those of you that have watched this channel, you know that the Batman is my favorite comic book character of all time. Um, so I'm. that's really the hook for me with this film, is seeing Michael Keaton come back, seeing Ben Affleck come back, potentially seeing Christian Bale come back, and we'll get into all those rumors later. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm so sick and tired of, of, of seeing people, like, it's it, like going over and over and over. It's like, we all agree, okay? He should be recast. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Actually, he, he, here is one more thing I will actually say about this. And, and this is this is one thing I actually will touch on. I almost sound like I'm contradicting myself because I'm, I'm going on about this. But this is one thing I actually think should be pointed out. And a lot of people, a lot of other content creators are saying that if Ezra Miller continues playing this character after, like going forward after this film, that they're 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 done watching the DCU. And you know, to 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 them, that's that's absolutely their decision. They they can 100% do that. But here's my take on it. With with all this being said, I absolutely think he should be recast. No if ands or buts about it. His actions are unexcusable. But I will not be surprised if this film comes out and if it's very successful, I will not be surprised if he continues playing the character. And that's not me saying he should. I do not think he should. But, you know, going off of history and in and, 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 and this business in Hollywood and, and seeing similar situations happen in this case with actors not behaving properly outside of the outside of work and continuing to to get work. It would not shock me if this film makes a billion dollars and, and they announce, well, Ezra Miller has been really working on himself and we believe that uh, bygones, let bygones be got bygones and he's, he's, he will continue to do treatment and we're confident he can, that, that they can continue playing the care. I don't know. I'm just coming up with something that I feel like the studio would say as a, as a public statement. So once again, he should be recast, but if he continues playing the character moving forward, if this movie is incredibly successful, I will not be surprised because that's just, we, we've seen it happen before in Hollywood. It's unfortunate. I don't agree with it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but anyways, sort of contradicted myself. I just, I feel like I had to get that off my chest. 
because it's kind of frustrating seeing all these people talk about this and 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 constantly having to explain that it's bad, it's bad, what he's done is bad. It's like we all get it. I haven't seen a single person try and defend Ezra Miller's behavior. So please, for those of you watching, if you are a content creator and you talk about Ezra Miller, you know, give your little spiel. And I, I basically just gave you mine, but you don't need to every time. Like, we, we get it. It's almost like at that point, you're trying to convince yourself that you that you think what he's done is, is bad. It's almost like you don't, deep down, you don't think what he's done is bad and you're trying to like sort of rewire your own thought process on it. I don't know. I'll stop talking about it there. But getting to the Flash movie, it was on my top 10 most anticipated going into this year. I think it was my ninth or my 10th, I believe. And this trailer blew me away. I did not expect this movie to look as good as it does. I will go as far to say it looks incredible. Um, from the visual effects, from obvi- like obviously seeing Ben Affleck's Batman back, seeing Michael Keaton's Batman back, um, it, it, it just looks it, it looks like a lot of fun, and. <clears throat> However, um, there's a lot of discussion that there's been a lot of test screenings about this film and people have said it's like as good as The Dark Knight. I still don't believe it's going to be on that level, but this looks like it could be one of the best DC superhero films we have ever seen. That I can possibly get behind. Now, this is just a trailer, um, so the movie could be a lot different, but... This this is a really good sign as to what we could be getting with this film. It looks incredible. Um, and for me, Ben Affleck is the best looking on-screen Batman we've had. Now, that, that's the key here, looking, in terms of his build, um, the suit. Uh, I, I would probably say... Um, Christian, like the Dark Knight, I would still probably say is the best Batman film of all time. And I, I, you know, kind of going off on a side tangent, I've, I've, I'm, I'm guilty of this. This is something I do need to work on as a fan and as a, uh, as a content creator. I am sometimes often reactionary to when I see films and when I review them. Um, I have said before that I do think that the Batman is a better, is the, is the best Batman film of all time. And retrospectively, I think I was just a little too much into my own fandom and I think it's second and uh, I do think that the that the Dark Knight is still the best Batman film of all time. However, I would say that is the best Batman film of all time, not because of Christian Bale, although he has obviously he he's part of it. Don't get me wrong, but but Heath Ledger's performance moves it up that notch and moves it over the uh, the Batman for me. But the Batman, second, the film below it in second place, that that's that's my favorite interpretation I have seen of the character because we got so much of him in that film, right? It's very often Batman is is overshadowed by the antagonist because the antagonists of a lot of these previous Batman films are just more compelling and are more interesting, and Batman almost comes across as kind of just like. Like, we're, we're following the story through his perspective, but we really want to see what more of what's going on with, with, with the antagonist. And don't get me wrong, uh, you know, the Riddler in the Batman was was very, very interesting. Obviously, a lot of parallels to the Zodiac Killer and so on and so forth. Um, and I thought Paul Dano did a great job. But, he, but Robert Pattinson's performance is so different from any other interpretation we've seen of that character that... It just makes it the most interesting part of that film. So his performance is my favorite performance we have seen of any Batman, of any actor that has played Batman. But as an entire film, as a collect, as a, from, from start to finish, The Dark Knight is my favorite Batman film of all time. So moving forward, I'm going to try and, you know, calm myself when I review. It, it really just, it's mostly just with the big comic book films. I just sort of nerd out and I kind of just... You lose myself a little bit, um, and when Quantum Mania comes out, I'm going to try and you know sort of 
calm myself and, and give myself a bit of time before I jump into a review for it. So I don't, you know, start going off. So oh, it's the best MCU film of all time and so on and so forth. But yeah, anyways, side tangent done. Getting back to um, Ben Affleck. He is my favorite look looking back man, Batman aesthetically in terms of like comic book accuracy in terms of the suit. Um, I hope you guys can sort of understand the distinction I'm making between him and, and Robert Pattinson. Um, yeah, but anyways, so I would have liked to have seen more Ben Affleck and I know that his run is, is, is basically over. He might direct the film and that, well, I think he will direct the film in the upcoming DCU, but we're going to get, we're going to get to see him one more time. And it looks like we're, we're going to see him for a, <coughs> excuse me, for, um, for a decent amount of time in this film, which is very, very exciting. Uh, and then we're getting Michael Keaton. I don't have as as a strong of a of a connection to Michael Keaton's interpretation of Batman, just because I've, I'm obviously I was born many years after it came out, so I didn't grow up in the '80s. Um, but I still it's it's still a part of my childhood. I still watched uh, you know Batman uh, the original, and then obviously Batman Returns. Um, so it's nice to see that he'll be returning to play the character and. It seems like this will be the only appearance he'll he'll make because there was not even rumors. It was confirmed that he had shot scenes for Aquaman uh, in the Lost Kingdom, and he had shot scenes for uh, well, he was in he was a one of the supporting characters of Bat of the Batgirl, and that film got canceled. So um, this film by James Gunn has been he he's, he's quoted saying that this film resets everything, and I still have a lot of questions, and I still have a, a lot of. Uh, confusion in regards to that because it resets everything but we still have some characters that are sticking around like Amanda Waller um there's some Suicide Squad members that are supposedly still sticking around like possibly Peacemaker we know that uh we um uh, I'm drawing a blank here we, we don't know what's going on with Jason Momoa is he going to be simultaneously playing two characters at the same time because obviously it's heavily rumored that He's going to be playing Lobo, but then in other interviews, Jason Momoa has said that he he's he's going to be the only guy playing Aquaman. So conflicting reports, conflicting um, uh, quotes. So you know, I, I guess after watching the Flash, maybe some things will become more clear. Um, but yeah, so overall, the Flash to me looks incredible and i'm very very excited for it i think this is going to be a huge year for comic book films uh we, there was a rumored uh trailer for the marvels we were apparently we were supposed to get a tv spot for the marvels but we didn't get it which i guess kind of makes sense because you know obviously the, the mcu films there's there's like three a year uh and right now we are on the heels of quantumania we're about to get quantumania and then right after that uh in may we're going to be getting Guardians of the Galaxy. So then if they start throwing in the trailer for the Marvels, then it's as an audience member, as, as, as a casual movie goer, you might kind of feel like you're being overwhelmed with like, which one's coming out next, which one's coming out first, second, third, fourth. So yeah. Um, but speaking of which, let's move on to the next trailer that we got from the Super Bowl. And that is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy, I did not expect to get another full-length trailer, uh, so close to the release of Quantumania, although I don't think it's really going to take away any attention. Um, to me, you know, this trailer was interesting. It kind of provided a little bit more context in terms of the story and what's happening. Um, we see a lot more of the High Evolutionary. We see a little bit more Adam Warlock, but it seems like they're 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 keeping him pretty uh, pretty subdued in, ter in terms of the marketing until the actual film comes out, which is, which is fine. I totally respect that. And I hope they actually continue that because lately Marvel, I'd say probably ever since the start of phase four, they have been re uh, revealing a ton of things and, uh, and spoilers in their marketing heading up to the film. And, you know, as an audience member, I shouldn't have to refrain from watching your trailer because I'm worried that you might spoil something. You know, I can worry about that go surfing through YouTube and, and watching other content creators. You know, I can, that, that that's a normal thing for me to be worried about, but I should be able to watch your trailers freely without having to worry like, oh, damn, is Marvel going to show too much? And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, they're, they're kind of doing that again right now with Quantumania. I feel like we've already seen several shots of the third act 
uh, between, you know, the, the big fight between Scott and Kang. I feel like we've already seen a lot of that in a lot of these little 30-second TV spots, and that's kind of disappointing. I hope I'm wrong, uh, and I really hope we haven't seen anything further, any post credit scene stuff, although... Uh, the post credit scenes leaked and, um, and I'm, I'm going to contradict myself. You know, I talked about how I don't want spoilers from Marvel. I'm the kind of person where like, I don't mind getting a little bit, but I only like to get it from kind of, like I said, the content creators I watch and I don't want to see any of it. You know what I'm saying? Cause oftentimes a lot of it just doesn't end up being true. So then my mind can sort of speculate like, okay, like I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm potentially going to spoil a little something here by watching this video, but since it's not coming from Marvel themselves, there's that air of mystery that still remains like, okay, this, this might not be true, which, which still draws me into wanting to watch the film, even if I might spoil something on my own account. But if Marvel does it themselves directly in their trailers, that can kind of be frustrating a little bit, but I digress. Um, we got a new Guardians trailer, and uh, this trailer to to me uh, wasn't you know um, that much more bombastic or or jaw dropping than the first trailer. I think the first trailer is is pretty much the same. We get a little bit more scenes. Um, we actually see Rocket uh, when he was getting tested and 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 dissected from the High Evolutionary because you know Rocket. If you've kept up, obviously with the MCU, he's referenced his uh, his origins several times throughout many of the films, and we all knew that inevitably that we were going to see uh, that come come on screen. And that that's it. Seems like this film is really going to to obviously conclude the arc of many characters. Um, but it seems like Rocket's arc is going to come full circle and we're going to see from where he started to where he is now. So that'll be very interesting. Um, and in terms of, you know, a lot of people are speculating who's going to die, who's not going to die, uh, are all the Guardians going to die? I do not think so, but I do think it's almost a foregone conclusion at that at this point that either Drax, Drax's character, Dr the character Drax, excuse me, will die or he'll retire in some way shape or form like basically his character's arc will be complete and he will not be returning for any other further mcu projects moving forward i think that is almost a foregone conclusion uh just because of all the interviews we've been seeing he both dave batista and james gunn have said like this is it for drax he's done without saying he's dead or any or, or, or spilling the beans in terms of what's going to happen they both of them have said like this is it for Drax at the very least so we know we know almost fact we know that this is his last go around uh in the MCU um at least for now I think when Secret Wars comes I think everybody will be back and I mean everyone I mean people that have played the Fox X-Men characters to hell even Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider I think will I think Everybody will be back for that film. But until then, um, it seems like this is going to be the last um, adventure we'll see Drax. Now, Rocket is a little bit more uh, questionable. Now, a lot of people think that he's going to die as well, and it's definitely possible. And if it happens, I won't be shocked. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, you could look at the trailer and look at the... The language that he's using and, and saying and him saying in the trailer that you know we'll all go together, uh, and 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 into the we'll we'll all fly away into the forever. So that's definitely alluding to uh, him him being killed or, or or whatever something along those lines. So it, basically, I'll say this: I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Drax is done. I think it's fifty fifty for Rocket. Um, as for the rest of the Guardians, you know Gamora. Peter Quill, Nebula, I think they make it out of this, and I think that by the end of the film, um, maybe Kraglin will be a full-time member of the Guardians, Adam Warlock will probably end up joining the Guardians, because he has done that before in the comics, uh, so I think the Guardians will will continue on as a group, um, I think, uh, I think Groot, <laughs> I think Groot will continue on as well, I don't think they would, they would build Groot up from the ground up, from, you know, him being Baby Groot to him being Teenage Groot in Infinity War in, uh, in Endgame to him now being the fully grown Groot just to kill him all over again. I don't think we're going to see that. I think he'll be around 
um, for for a while. Will we get a Guardians four? I don't think so. Um, it, it's it seems like a lot of characters now could be getting a fourth film in their franchise. Uh, obviously, I mean that might be an exaggeration. We've it's only been it's only happened for one character, and that's Thor. But uh, it seems like they could be exploring this. And there's al- there's already reports going around from very reliable lo- uh, scoopers and and and, uh, and leakers that Ant-Man 4 is already in development. So, um, but in this case, I don't think so, just because of the director. James Gunn is obviously not going to be coming back to Marvel, at least for the next 10 years, I would say, because he's, he's got his hands tied being the CEO and the head honcho with Peter Safran at DC Studios. So, I, to be honest, I don't even know how he's managing his time right now. I mean, he's still... Obviously, I'm sure Guardians 3 is picture-locked at this point, but he's still got to do press. He's still got to do the marketing for it. Um, actually, I mean, yeah, I say it's picture-locked, but a lot of these Marvel films do pick up shots like a month before they come out. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if we hear that some reshoots happen with that film in the next couple of months. So I, that guy, I mean, hey, hats off to him. He's He's got a create a whole new universe and he has a film coming out. So, um, but I'm a huge fan of James Gunn and I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll figure it out just fine. Uh, yeah. And this, this looks really exciting. I've been wanting to see the guardians come back for a while. We saw them for like, not even five minutes in Thor love and thunder. Uh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of questions like what's going to happen with Gamora and Peter Quill. Cause this is obviously a Gamora that has, really no relationship with Star-Lord, and obviously Star-Lord, Gamora was was the love of his life, but that was a different Gamora, so how is this relationship going to, it's obviously not going to be the same, you know, is this Gamora version of Gamora, the 2014 Gamora, is she even going to want any kind of romantic involvement with Peter Quill, and it's kind of funny that that last bit of the trailer... Uh, Peter Quill is, he's kind of eyeing up Nebula and he's like, uh, what did he say? Um, Nebula's like, or he, he says to Nebula, Nebula, he's like, I've never noticed how, how dark your eyes are. And, and she's like, that's because my father gave them to me when he was torturing me. And he's like, well, he picked a pretty set that, that was hilarious. Um, and that just goes to show I'm, I'm a huge fan of James Gunn's writing. Uh, I know a lot of, sometimes people have, you know, their issues within, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I'm confident this film is going to be great. Uh, my only thing about it, and don't get me wrong, I can watch a movie and enjoy it for what it is, but with the MCU, you know, there is an expectation to have some kind of, uh, connectivity, um, in, in, in some way, shape, or form, some films will have it more than others, obviously, Mania is going to be very important in, in terms of implicating and, and setting up for... Uh, obviously, the future with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, but it really doesn't seem like the Guardians is going to have any impact whatsoever on the multiverse saga. And I'm not going to lie, that's a tiny bit disappointing. Now, it could be wrong, uh, and 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 as I said, I am I am more than capable of just enjoying a film for what it is. But the MCU is a little bit different because these movies are almost like episodes of television, so there is somewhat of an expectation to see a little bit of connectivity and, and, and a little bit of contribution in terms of moving, keeping the wheel going in terms of, okay, we're building to the King dynasty. We're building to secret wars. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm definitely not getting the impression here that this film, this film very much seems like it's just focused on wrapping up the guardians, which it should. It should. I'm not saying I'm not asking for them to just shoehorn in, uh, references and, and and stuff like that, just for the for the sake of you know contributing to the multiverse saga. Absolutely not, but I at the same time want hope. I'm hoping we get a, a little something to kind of tease maybe the Guardians' future and their involvement in this whole thing, and also you know the the kind of big picture conversation. Um, so yeah, but overall the Guardians looks exciting. Um, but let's move on now. To these Christian Bale Batman rumors, so we're, we're kind of we're, we're going to be going back a little bit to the Flash here. Okay, so the newest rumor going around is that um, it obviously has to do with the Flash. And before I actually get into it, I want to warn you all: 
um, this could very well spoil the ending of the film. Might It might not be true. It, it is a leak, but it is coming from somebody that has credibility, that has leaked out things before that have ended up becoming true. So I just want to preface that, give you that warning before I jump in. So maybe come back in about five to ten minutes when I'm talking about The Last of Us. Uh, so yeah, you've been warned. Three, two, one. Let's get into it. Okay, so Grace Randolph. For a lot of you, that name probably sounds very familiar. Grace Randolph is one of the most successful pundits in the movie space. Uh, she's been around for a while. She's uh, she's an OG, and um, and she she's leaked out quite a lot of things in the past that have ended up coming true. And I've also been told that she's leaked. She's she's also has some some uh, some L's mixed in there, but in in terms of you know leaking and, and things like that. But apparently, more times than not, the things that she has leaked. Uh, or reported, rather, have ended up being true. So, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. And so, let's just get into what she said. So, I have her uh, I have her tweet in front of me. And it says here, quote, I hear that it's going to be a former Batman who cameos at the end of The Flash. And could potentially stick around as the new permanent DCU Batman. Damien's dad, Pattinson, is still solo. I know who it is, but it would be uncool to reveal the whole thing. And then below, she has a photo of the three... Uh, three Batman, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and Christian Bale. And I guess out of the three, it's going to be one of them, supposedly. When I first saw this, I didn't know what to think. Um, number one, I, I I can almost immediately eliminate uh, Val Kilmer being in the mix due, obviously, to his unfortunate illness. Sure, it's possible. You know, technology and things like that could, could definitely help. But I just, I don't even think he would want to do it personally. And then George Clooney, I mean, George, like, come on, George Clooney is... Once again, similar to, to Val Kilmer. I don't even think he would want to do it. He's he's ridiculed himself and his portrayal as a character. <laughs> hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. Like, come on. The, the, you, you're George Clooney wearing, wear, dressing up as Batman for Halloween. <laughs> That's not to take away from George Clooney. If, if, you've, if you've never seen anything of George Clooney outside of Batman or Robin, you, you clearly don't get the full understanding of him as an actor he's an incredible actor and i love him as a director i love the tender bar but so that really just leaves christian bale and i once again i i really have a hard time believing it would be him you know maybe grace is throwing us in a loop and maybe it's none of those three batman maybe it is pattinson although i i, I don't think so because you know james gunn has made it very clear that that's going to be a dc elseworld project and uh, somebody flat out asked James Gunn, and of course, James Gunn's very active on Twitter. Somebody asked him, are you casting George Clooney as the new DCU Batman? And he said, absolutely not. Now, that was a question pertaining to the DCU Batman. So that doesn't eliminate the possibility that George Clooney could be cameoing, if that's even a word, in The Flash. So there, there is still that chance, but... Um, and then to, to go a step further, somebody else asked him, will the DCU Batman be a former actor that's played the character or will it be a new actor? And then James Gunn responded and said, it will be a new actor. So at the very least, we know that these three, ba unless James Gunn is lying, but I don't think he is. Um, he is the head of the studio after all. Uh, I don't think that would look good on his part. Um, I think if it was true, he just wouldn't respond. He would just leave it up to speculation. So, so at the very least, we know that even if it is Christian Bale, for example, he will not be the main Batman moving forward for the upcoming DCU. And once again, I really have a hard time believing he would even come back for a cameo in this film. Because if, if you look at all the interviews Christian Bale has done over the last number of years, ever since the Dark Knight Rises, he's pretty much given the same answer to all the interviewers and just people in general asking him like, you know, would you return to play the character and, and so on. And he always says, me and Christopher Nolan, we made an oath. We would make three films and that's it. And if I were to ever come back and play the character, it would be because Christopher Nolan is telling another story and he wants me to come back to play the character. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. You can Google it. So unless Christopher Nolan has some kind of involvement in this film, and we know he's obviously not directing The Flash, it's Andy Muschietti, Maybe he's a producer. I mean, he did produce Man of Steel after all. So, I mean, it is possible, but I highly doubt it. So, unless Christian Bale did it for the money or he was just very 
uh, taken aback by the script. Who knows? Um, but look, if I had to pick out of those three, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and, and, and Christian Bale, I, in terms of, you know, out of those three, who, who, who would it likely be? I, I guess I'd have to go with Christian Bale, but it's, 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 it would be shocking. I I definitely give you that. It, it would, it would, it would honestly be on the level of like the Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire cameo. It, it, it would arguably even more because for me, I've said it before, but Batman is my favorite superhero and, um, and I talked about earlier how, you know, The Dark Knight is my favorite Batman film of all time. And, and Christian Bale is probably, uh, he's he's my second favorite Batman we've had. So, I love Christian Bale's take on the character. And it would definitely shatter the earth um, if, he, if he came back, even for a cameo. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to believe. But then again, you know, Grace Randolph was willing to put her name out there for this cameo. It's not just coming from some anonymous person on on the internet who could just be creating a false rumor like she she's putting it out on her twitter she's putting it publicly so she knows that there is a potential that if if this is wrong this could be very you know embarrassing for her and her own you know reputation so i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt here but yeah i i can't see it being george clooney or uh, val kilmer so i guess it would have to it would have to be um christian bale but as I mentioned, if Christian Bale cameos at the end, I do not. I, I think that that'll be the the fullest extent. I don't think it will go any more than that. I don't think Christian Bale wants to commit another ten years of playing the Batman. He already did it before, uh, and I think he's he's, I, he's also getting older now. I know you could counter and say, well, Michael Keaton's coming back to play the character, and he's like in his seventies. I mean, I. I get that. I just think it's a different circumstance. He's, we know he's not going to be coming on full time. We know he's like, I know he shot scenes for Aquaman and, and Batgirl, but those have been cut. So it's just, he's just doing this, the flash, at least as we know right now. So yeah. Uh, so that's sort of my thoughts. It would be mind blowing if, if it's true, you know, maybe in regards to, um, you know, it, like, let's just, let's just play the hypothetical. Christian Bale is coming back in the flash. Okay. Let's just, for the, for the sake of this conversation. Will it be the same Dark Knight that we saw from the Nolan films? Will it be a, a multiverse version of the character? Uh, I, I would probably say if they're going to go that far and bring back Christian Bale, it's probably going to be the Christopher Nolan Batman. Uh, I think that's probably a safe a safe bet. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, I hope it happens, but it's it's uh, it's it's tough to believe. I'll I'll say that. But anyways, let's move on to the Last of Us. Okay, so this is going to be my mid-season review of the Last of Us. If you don't know, the show is gonna the first season at least is gonna run for ten episodes. So of course now we've wrapped up episode five. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on the show so far and overall. I am very much enjoying it, and I th- I said this from the jump. I think Pedro Pascal was perfect casting as Joel. It took me up until episode three to kind of fully um, get on board and believe that Bella Ramsey is Ellie. And it's not. It doesn't really have to do with their acting. It's just uh, for me, there's such a such a distinct identity of Ellie, and and there's definitely a distinct identity with Joel because Troy Baker did an incredible. Um, obviously the, 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 uh, the, the, um, the voice acting he did was incredible as Joel and it's iconic, but for some reason, Ellie, for me, I, I, and more so after playing the second game, like her, her character is really stitched in my mind. So it kind of took my brain a little bit to kind of process and, and recognize that like, Oh, this is Ellie. And for some reason, the third episode for me was, was really kind of that moment where I, where I was able to, like, I could believe that she is this character and it was it was um, during the scene where Ellie and Joel are, are uh, it's right before we see Bill and, and Frank essentially for the rest of the episode, we see Ellie and Joel and they're, they're scrounging for, um, for supplies. And then we see Ellie kind of jump in the basement. She's playing doctor on the, on the infected's face. That's, that's trapped under the debris. I don't know what it was about that moment, but that was for me when it kind of came full circle. And then, and then I was fully like, like I fully was on board with her with her approaches, Ellie. So, I think their chemistry is great. Um, and the biggest compliment I can give this show is that how they've 
how they've teetered the line of remaining faithful to the game and um, and obviously giving that fan service to all the hardcore fans that have, that have supported this IP while still making the show accessible to new audiences. And, and that, that's a very hard line to walk because any time, and obviously I'm not speaking from experience, I just, I can imagine this, um, any time you, a showrunner or a screenwriter or anything, if anyone is trying to, you know, tackle the challenge of bringing a video game to live action, whether it's in film or television, it, it is very challenging to walk on that line of, you know, you don't want to teeter too far to just sticking to the game and copying everything and, and just trying to remain faithful to the fans. And then you make it very challenging and discouraging for anyone new to watch it who hasn't uh, play the game and, and doesn't have that frame of reference and vice versa. If you make the show too broad and you stray, you, you, you stray too far away from the original source material, then you're going to upset a lot of the hardcore fans. And, and, and that that's part of the reason why a lot of video game adaptations have failed is, is for that very challenging reason. And I think this, this show has done it exceptionally. And I think that's probably the biggest compliment I can give it. Obviously, obviously, you know, there's some other things. Like, I think the production design is amazing. Um, seeing them walk through uh, walk through Boston, walk through, you know, um, when when we start the game, we see the, we see the QZ. The QZ looks straight out of the game. So, the production design is great. I think the casting is great. Um, but for me, the biggest compliment is their ability to cater to all audiences in a way that doesn't take away from one another. And the reason why I put such an emphasis on that is because my dad, who's never played The Last of Us, never even heard of The Last of Us before the show, he's watching it and he's really enjoying it. And he came up to me and he was like, Nick, have uh, have you have you watched the show, The Last of Us? It's really, really good. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've played the game. I'm, 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 I'm watching it uh, myself. And, and that kind of clicked for me. Like, okay, like that is, that's what the show was trying to accomplish. Obviously they want... You know, I, I, to be honest, I don't even really consider myself a hardcore Last of Us fan, but I play both games and I'm very, very fond of the, you know, the, the, the story and the characters, but that right there, obviously that's just one person, but I'm sure there's a lot of other people like my dad who are just watching this just based off the pure fact that it just, it just looks intriguing. It looks like a, like a, like a, like an interesting story while having no previous knowledge or history with the video game. So to me, that's that's the biggest compliment I can give it. Um, do I think it's the best video game uh, adaptation so far? It's definitely one of them. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I'd have to actually sit back and, and think about all the ones that have come out before I actually make that, um, before, I, before I make that sort of decision in my head. Uh, and, and we, I think we have to finish this, finish this show as well. But um. And it's already been greenlit for a second season, so that's obviously exciting. And uh, Neil Druckmann has already said that the second season will essentially be adapting from the second game. And if you've played the second game, uh, that's that's a pretty big deal um, because something very powerful and uh, and uh, for a lot of fans out of nowhere that happens in the beginning of the second game. So won't spoil it here, obviously, because I'm sure part of this show uh, is is um, is probably racking up sales for the original game. And I know that they, that they remastered uh, the first game on PS5. So I'm sure that's probably getting a lot of attention now. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a solid show. It's not the best show I've seen in the last five years. I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, and if that's truly how you feel, I mean, I respect your opinion. For me, I think, um, not to kind of get off topic here, but the two shows that I think are probably the best television uh, television shows I've seen in the last five years are Better Call Saul and Severance. I just finished the first season of Severance, and my God, if you have not seen that show, Severance, please watch it. And I've talked about Better Call Saul. I think Better Call Saul is the best show in general I've seen, better than Severance. I think it's the best show I've seen in the last five years. But coming in at a close second is Severance. Now, Severance is getting a second season, so the story is not... Uh, done being told, but my God, that is one of the best first seasons of television I've ever seen. Guys, it's incredible. Um, if you don't know what Severance is, I'll give you the this, this, this sort of base 
you know, log line, if you will, of what the show's about. So pretty much it's about a company called Lumen and uh, employees working at Lumen can volunteer for something called the severance uh, surgery procedure. And basically what they do is they implant a chip in your brain that's, uh, that's able to differentiate uh, parts of your brain that control your, your memory. So then that way, when you're at work, you are only able to retain memories of you at work. Uh, and you have no way to access any outside memories and vice versa. When you're not at work and you're at home, you have no recollection or, or, or any memory of what goes on at work. Um, it's very, very interesting. If, if anyone's ever just had a job in general, it doesn't have to be in an office. It could be delivering pizza. It doesn't matter. Anybody can relate to the work-life balance. So if you, if you worked any job, this show is, is, uh, will be for you and not, not even just that it's, it's, it's incredible guys, please watch severance, but to get back to the last of us, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to episode six and uh, to sort of give it one more compliment as well, because obviously, you know, anytime you're adapting something, whether it's a book or in this case, a video game, you will obviously take some liberties because some things from the previous adapt from the, from the, from, uh, from the original, excuse me, will not work in live action um, or, or in the version of the story that you're telling. So in the, in the circumstances of the show thus far, where they have taken those liberties and they have changed some things, I think that they have been for the better. And I think that they were executed smartly and, um, and intelligently. And, uh, obviously the stuff with Bill and Frank in the game we saw, you know, we, we, uh, well, we literally saw Frank hanging, but we never actually were able to interact with Frank. Um, and we really don't see, you know, Bill and uh, and Joel interact aside from the flashbacks. It's, it's really the the flashbacks provided the context of the relationship, but we never see them kind of team up and fight off against, you know, the infected like we did in the game. So that decision also what they did in the last episode, uh, episode with Henry and his brother it was, you know, ultimately his his younger brother died because of obviously he got bit by infected, which did happen in the game. But the lead up to that happening was different than the game. So that was also, uh, I thought, very well done. So, like I said, those little decisions that can make or break a series because if they, if they go too far off, you know, uh, what what originally happened um, then it can kind of be jarring, but they're able to make these changes that don't take away from the story and they actually fuel it and they keep it going. And it makes sense that that's the biggest thing. It needs to make sense. I shouldn't have to sit there and kind of, you know, connect the dots on my own. Like they're, they're, they're doing it right. So yeah, overall, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Um, let me know what you guys think of the Super Bowl trailers. Uh, did you watch the Super the the uh, the Super Bowl? Are you a Super Bowl fan? Let me know what team you're rooting for, and uh, what are your thoughts on The Last of Us? Now that we're halfway through, do you think it's uh, is it is it living up to your expectations? Um, are you disappointed? Are you loving it? You know what are what are your predictions for the remaining uh, five episodes? Let me know. Uh, I usually would say down in the comments below, but I guess there will be no comment section. So yeah, all right, guys, I'll see you on the next one. Have a good night or good morning, wherever you're listening from, and I'll see you on the next one.